Hello everybody and welcome to the Don't Be Mad Podcast, your weekly dose of the brothers kicking back, shooting the shit, and talking about summits. I'm your boy Matthew, aka Lefty Lucky, and I'm joined here as always with... Jamali. And Jason, I'm back. He's back, he's feeling good. Right. It's funny, he's feeling better and I'm feeling a bit down. I'm feeling a bit sick, you know, throat's been itching. It's like the weather's changing and it's fucking me over. Uh, that's how it always is, man. Yeah, it's the worst, I can't fucking stand it. In regards to that, how was your guys' week? How's the mental health? I'm good, man. Everything is good on my side. Yeah? Can't complain. Do anything special this week? Uh, no, not really. No? That's unfortunate. <laughs> what about you, Jason? Anything special <laughs> happened this week? I'm good, man. been looking for places to live, apartments and stuff like that with the Nice, nice. I'm good. Can't complain. I feel much better, which is good. Feeling encouraged with the, with the search? Yeah, there's a place that we saw just, maybe, was it yesterday? So um, we'll see where that goes. Nice, man, nice. Well, I hope whatever you're looking for, you find. Yeah. And uh, when you have that housewarming party, uh, I'll be there. It's a nice place. If if we're getting the place that we want, it's a really nice place. I will bring you a nice potted plant. No plants. Oh, come on. It's good good to have nice natural oxygen created in your own no, that's what the air, that's what a dyson air purifier is for i can <laughs> i don't want any plants in the place man i'll Why ask not? christina if she wants a pot she's, of plant. she's the one that says that she doesn't want any plants. i will ask her well, you need myself in your, your, your home why would you not want i will plant? ask her myself go ahead because we all know the woman is the one who decorates the home all right and makes it feel like a home okay as for myself as i said i've been feeling a little bit sick so working on that i feel like whatever Jason had he he sent it through the ethos to me. Really, this asshole. <laughs> really, okay. Uh, okay. Gotta blame Jason for that. <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't even see this guy while he was sick. So of course he. Uh, you, are we picking those uh, those horns up? No, I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, turn off your car alarm. Goddamn. But yeah, uh, let's move it along. What's uh what's on the docket today, gents? Well. Can we start a little bit with football? You want to start with football? Like get the sad five, shit out. My team sucks. Minutes. Your my team sucks. Jason's team sucks. No, my team doesn't suck. Uh, all of Yo, bro, your team sucks. sucks. Your team is 0-2? It doesn't yep. matter. Your okay, team there we go. Is, is my your team agenda 0-2? is going strong. <laughs> what, what's your, you what? You're 1-1? One one? I'm at least 500. It's two the weeks game, into the system. You know what I mean? Like two weeks into the season, you're talking about I'm at least 500. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Giants and Broncos are trash. That's all I can tell you. Hey, look, I told you guys my team was going to be trash. I knew it was going to happen. There was no surprises here. Anybody who thought we'd be different were just lying to themselves. So I'm not sitting here in a position of, oh, my God, we're 0-2. It's more of a, I could have told you this was coming when we signed Joe Flacco, but hey, here we are. Oh and two. Bro, it could have been worse. What's worse than <laughs> oh and two with two games in the season? <laughs> hey, you could have Eli Manning. Well, you guys aren't even going to be starting him next week, so thank God. You, it's you should have never uh, started to begin. What were with. they calling Danny Dimes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how a guy gets a nickname before he's actually done anything of worth, but whatever. Danny Dimes. Well, we'll will be have, your starter. I'm not holding my breath. We'll hold, we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> It should be an interesting uh, game, though. A shift. Who are you guys see. playing? I don't know. I'm not. I'm really like. I'm. I've given up on the Giants. I'm just holding on, just out of courtesy. <laughs> I, I I I can't cut my losses. You know, it's my team. But well, I'm. Sometimes you just got to look at your team and know they aren't doing the right things for you. And like, not that you you turn your back on them, but you just let them know. These these are the things that are going to happen because we know what's going to happen, and for that reason, I won't be shouting your praises. And that's just how I'm I'm looking at the Broncos this season because I know deep down what needs to be done, and I've already said it. What fire John Elway finally? Hey, that's not going to happen. I've already said it. Should happen. Let's it just see how this season goes. The worst thing that can happen is they turn it around. <laughs> oh, you're right. But I mean. Mm. Well, I, college is not even. You can't even see if there's going to be good QBs coming. Oh out no! This season. this time around, like it's too early. The the teams that are pretty much slated to get it. I mean, like we're not in a full blown tank mode. We actually think we're going to win. Miami's the only team that's essentially doing the dunk to get to us. So it's like, yeah, 
unless we really just go out there and try to achieve and just really stink it up the whole season, I expect us to get at least I mean, two or three wins. So shouldn't be hard. I think Tua is going to throw. You um, never know, man. Tua is going to throw that season for Alabama. He's going to throw. It. He no. doesn't want to end up on Miami. Like, I think no matter what Why happens, not? I mean, Miami's not a bad organization to play Look, for. the only way he won't end up on them is if he doesn't make himself eligible for the draft. Draft. Okay? Like, yeah. like, he or if he stinks. Like, or if he fin- stinks. Finish his college career and be like, yeah, I'm just going to chill for him. He's literally, unfortunately, <laughs> going to be like the Zion Williams of the NFL. <laughs> well, look, it's... Is Jalen Hurts going to be eligible after this one as well? Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's... it's and the way he's been playing right now, he's looking like a very viable option to go first for Miami if they decide to sway away from Tua. But, I mean, it's it's pretty much those are the two options. If those two quarterbacks go in, it's it's a flip of the coin. And like I, the way I see it, I look at what Elway's doing. He believes that Flacco will do something. He believes that Vic Fangio will, will do something. And I'm just sitting here like... Know what? If that's how you feel, bud, that's how you feel. Could you blame him though? He, he's optimistic. Yeah, he's been optimistic about all the wrong guys. That's the problem. We've been optimistic about the same guy for the past four years. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a lot worse. This dude, you know, his record is is at five hundred right now, right? Who? Eli's. His perfect personal, time to put him on the bench. His perfect record. Uh, <laughs> Nah, I mean, he did. You know, he served his time and he gave us two championships, and we're grateful. But you know, sometimes you got to cut your losses. And you know what? That's exactly how I feel about Elway. He gave us two championships as a player, one as a manager. Sometimes you got to cut your losses. Leave on a high note. You did what you came here to do in both positions, right into the sunset, my friend. Nah. Just resign. We don't have to fire you. Just. Put in your resignation. Say you've done what you can, but you got to move on. Be like an advisor. To what? To the Broncos? To somebody else, not to us. I'm done with him. <laughs> just go away. That's what I want. I feel like the organization just, it needs a fresh look. It needs a top to bottom shake up. You know, especially with the passing of Pat Bull. I just feel like during that time when he was sick and there was a lot of you know, a lot of uncertainty about what the future of this team would be. Knowing that you got to work from the top down, having Elway there, it's like the nostalgia of who he was and what he represents and him just being that Broncos guy, you're kind of jaded. And I don't like that feeling of we're trusting him because of the history. I want to, I trust him because of the knowledge. And I just don't feel like that's what he's given us. Oh, man. But like I, I've spoken about this already, you know where my stance is. Let this season progress as it progresses. Broncos trash, Giants trash. Okay, That's Chargers. Thanks for throwing another pick in the fourth on a potential game-winning drive. Goddamn, Philip Rivers. I'm sorry, Philip Rivers has to do everything on brand. Do everything. everything. What yeah. did he do? He should have given Eckler the ball more. That's what they should have done. Yeah, because he was having an outstanding game. He did nothing. The mm-hmm. less the ball was in Rivers' hands, the better you guys did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you put it in his hands hey, when it mattered the most. most. We're, we're 500. <laughs> and that's all that counts. We're 500. Bro, this is probably the only time in the season you're going to be 500. The Browns are 500. The, the, the first time in what, since when? Hey, oh. the Browns <laughs> I are want 500. To, I just want to know since so if when. This is and they, the won, bar. they won by 20 points. They against, had a great game. Against who? Game. It doesn't matter. I want to know who they play. Bro, against. you guys struggled against fucking Wait, uh, the Lions. You guys, they, they won against the Jets. A Jets with a backup quarterback who the backup quarterback broke his leg. Guys, guys, Jason. I'm just saying. The Lions. <laughs> the Lions. You know what I mean? Like um, Matthew uh, Stafford. The Jets. The historically bad Detroit Lions. Okay? Yeah. Like, don't don't shout out your team for doing it against How many the, times the, the losing sacked? against the Lions, Wait, the but then putting them down because they won against the Jets. The historically bad Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions? Yeah, Detroit's been bad for a long time. You're right. Mm. But the Browns lost their franchise because they were bad. No, no. The Browns are 500 just like your Chargers. Yeah. And they might have beat a bad team, which they should do if you're a good team. And if you're a good team, as you say the Chargers are, they should beat a team like the Lions. 
Congratulations. I don't understand. Congratulations. Where, where the, the bar gets Bounds. shifted here. How are the goalposts being moved Congratu- for, the, for the Browns, but not for your Bro, team? Everything Rivers does in Jason's eye is like the second coming. I'm just saying he, he hurt me in fantasy this week. I'm really pissed about that. All right, so let's congratulate the Cleveland Bounds on finally getting to 500 in the past uh, 20-something seasons. Okay. Hey, I'll congratulate them because yeah, they did it in convincing fashion. Yeah. Monday night game. The first one that they've had against the Jets since the very first yeah. <laughs> Monday mm-hmm, night game. Mm-hmm. Convincing fashion against the backup quarterback who hey, broke his leg. Odell Beckham Jr. looked good. Their defense looked great. Against- Baker Mayfield threw a couple picks. But you know what? You get the job done, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kick them. They did what they had to do. They went out there and won the game. There you go. And they did it convincingly. All right. As they should have. Anything else in football we should... Uh, oh, Antonio Brown. Got a nice little touchdown there, 57 yards. I don't care about that guy, bro. Hey, he did He did it. Really? <laughs> Against the Dolphins. <laughs> yes. Really? The Do- Have the Dolphins even scored a touchdown this season? Uh, did, I think they. I don't know if they no. scored a touchdown. I think they got a field goal in the they first game. They got a field game, goal. No? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think they said their their accumulated points against are ninety two points against them or something like ninety something points against them in the Jesus two games. Christ, it's getting wow. smacked around, man. Hey. <laughs> oh, another news. Um, what's his face? Roethlisberger's out for the season. Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, he's yeah. going to be getting Tommy John surgery. Oh, he's then gone for. A yeah, he's pretty time. much out for the season. Uh, he's probably next out. Season. It's probably this is. This oh, is well, I look him. at it like that's career. Yeah, it's done. Just over the years, just knowing how he's been so back and forth with I'm going to retire and not retire. I think he's going to be done because you're looking at a surgery that honestly for football players, like for quarterbacks, it's not as bad as it is for pitchers because it's a lot less torque on your elbow in the throwing motion, but. If he's already been in that position where he's been flirting with the idea of retirement, knowing not just the fact that you're out for this season, but after the surgery is done, the amount of rehabbing and recovery that's going to be coming with it to then also relearn the mechanics of throwing the ball. Like I said, if you've been flirting with retirement, that might be it. Yeah, for sure. So let's go. It's over. Yeah. And look, if, if Mason Rudolph goes out there and just – does what he has to do. He doesn't have to be better than Roethlisberger. He doesn't have to be like 90%. No, as long as but like manage the games. Let's say next week he goes out there and wins. Following week, you take a loss, but it's a convincing, like you really went out there nail-biter type of game. Right. And you just show enough that lets your like team Flacco feel did. like we can, we can move forward with you. We can actually like build with you as our quarterback and keep you in this system and eventually put you in a position where you're just you take over this offense i mean why would you want to go back after that if you know the young guy is stepping up to the plane doing the job we'll see how that goes yep yeah. all right anything else no nope. no man nothing else of worth i'm just asking man. don't look at me like that There's nothing else. i can't ask a question like jesus nope. It's a wrap. <laughs> My season ended before you even started, so it's okay. Hey, we're in the same boat, bud. Well, uh, us three are in the same boat. No, you two. <laughs> you two. Jason just in denial. You two. Yeah, I think he's in I- I'll denial. talk to you in January, bro. <laughs> it's so sad when all of our teams suck. <laughs> well, at least I could admit it. Yeah. You could admit it after how many seasons? Uh, after two Super Bowl wins, um, yes, guys. Two rings, two rings. That's all Giants fans know. Two rings. That uh, it's okay. Let's move on, please. Two rings. <laughs> Let, let's move on. I'm not gonna talk rings. It's yeah, you know what? <laughs> I should add on to the stream deck. I'm gonna ask Tyler to do it every time Jamal brings up the um, his two rings. I just press a button. You, you realize you're gonna rings. be using that a lot, a lot for, yourself for Kobe when it's NBA season. Yes, please. Huh? You're gonna <laughs> use a lot when you're talking about the Lakers. Thank yeah, you. But Lakers championship wasn't flukes. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, I never seen Kobe Bryant shoot the ball and close his eyes and pray. Well, like we're not here to talk about Kobe right now, unless we're going to talk about his uh, sixth grade team (laughs) and how we took a shot at a fucking seven year old. That's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Only win. Only win. She she wanted to go to a dance recital. Come on, man. She wasn't committed. (laughs) But the one thing I'll give Kobe credit for 
he at the very least put out his own dance recital video talking about him growing up and when he did like the ice ice baby dance oh, i'll give Lord. him that much so at least he has a sense of humor in it all and understands the 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 ways he went a bit too far but i don't think taking a pot shot at a seven-year-old is a, a cool thing to do no <laughs> even if it's mamba mentality not manly <laughs> oh no man that's that's the epitome mama mentality that all, all, all a seven-year-old girl wanted to go to her dance recital instead yeah. of a practice, and then you, you want to make Kobe, a big you play, deal. You play team, you know what Come to expect. Come on, man. Come on. You know what to expect. Come on. There aren't a lot of seven-year-old girls, especially if they if they have the option of go play basketball or do your dance There you go. I mean, come on. If she's more into dance than she is to basketball, she's going to go to dance. You go where your passion is. You're going to shit on her because she went to where her passion is and it doesn't align with yours? You got to respect it. It's pretty selfish. It is. It is quite selfish. Yeah. But I mean, it's a character trait we already knew he had. <laughs> That's why he has chips. <laughs> yeah. He was given. <laughs> Let's not argue that. Anyways, what's else? What's there? What's next to talk about, Jason? I don't know. You're, you had what's uh, going on. Jamali's afraid to talk. I'm, I'm not, like, afraid to like, talk. It's the what? story you want to talk about, but you don't want to introduce Jason it. Jason clearly said he was getting. No, 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 no. No, 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 You introduced the story to us. I think you should introduce I, I simply it asked, to the people. I simply asked, did you guys watch the Revolt Summit? No, I did not. And see you the guys Revolt said Summit. no. So it's clearly. So what better way to inform us about the Revolt Summit than for you to tell us what happened in it? Well, we saw what happened. Anyways, I, since, I saw a seven-minute clip of okay, an so hour since, and a half since long. I understand summit. you're sick and you're emotional, so I'll do it. I am quite so, emotional. So, Thank you for understanding. You know, <laughs> your estrogen levels are extremely high. They so. are higher than usual. You were absolutely right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, the it's your pink shirt is bringing them out. <laughs> Whatever you say, bro. You're you're acting now uh, very colorful today. <laughs> like my shirt. I'm not going to comment on anything. All right, let me introduce it because you guys are simply too uh, too crazy. To Thank you, Jason, understand. for taking the so, lead. So what we're talking about today is um, the Revolt Summit that had um, essentially, you know, Killer Mike and a whole bunch of artists and uh, people within the black community, uh, something that Diddy started to kind of get uh, um, essentially black people informed on, you know, what they can do to change the situation and, you know, not necessarily vote for people who you think is the best. No, vote for vote for what you want and you go to these people for what you want and if they don't give it to you, then you kind of, like, fuck them up. Not, like, fuck them up, like, fight them, but, like, don't, uh, like, accu- um, like, don't follow like the like the same old drum status beat, quo, the same status quo, same the same tropes, everything that you've been following, and um, but Jamal, you know the details to it, so go into more depth for it. Well, I mean, essentially, what it was is a panel, like you said, a uh, few celebrities. I mean, you had Ti, Killer Mike, uh, you had Candace Owen, uh, you had a representative of a Black Coalition movement. Um, yeah, Tamika Mallory, uh, a big uh, community activist in New York uh, City. And you had, um, I forgot her name now, but she's, uh, she's actually one of the um, members on the Trump committee or something. Forgot her name. Who, Candace Owen? Huh? Candace Owen? No, or it wasn't Candace else? Owens, no. Um, and so essentially the, the point of the conversation was to start a dialogue um, as the U.S. is gearing up this whole political uh, run, you know, to get people who are eligible to vote, young voters, first-time voters, or just young in general within the black community, um, to, to understand the concept of politics. Not to just be like, well, you know, I'm not a Republican, so I'm just going to vote for Democrats because I'm not a Republican. Rather than be, get informed and see which candidate is going to be best representative of values or changes that you're looking for. And so, you know, the conversation obviously, you know, with, with any, like any other conversation, you have people who stands on both sides of the spectrum. Essentially what it boils down to was, you know, it's not about right or wrong. 
in the sense of like, okay, well, if you're a Republican, then you're pro-white, you know, white supremacy, you know, values and all of that. Or if you're a Democrat, you're liberal and all that, because sometimes that's not the case. So it essentially was to have um, a platform that people could tune into to be educated and enlightened, essentially, and to help shape whether they're the way they see these things um, and potentially make the best decision for the next four years as, you know, Trump being there was probably a heartache for a lot of people. Not really, but, you know. <laughs> no, I look at it like, I mean, even taking it from our standpoint, you know, us in Canada, how we're probably a bit more fortunate to have more parties to choose from, giving us a little bit more flexibility and options towards the things that we feel are better for us and our community, our families, and even ourselves, you know? Because when you look at the U.S., it's usually the red, the blue, or the independent as compared to us where at minimum you have at least four parties you could choose from. Although now lately you're seeing a few more parties come up like the uh, People's Party of Canada and various other new independent ones that are becoming a bit more recognizable and noticeable. And one of the biggest things we always talk about when election time comes around, it's understanding the importance of voting for your elected officials within your community. You know, whether it's like your city mayors or your municipality uh, leaders, those are usually the most important ones to do because they have the most direct effect on your life, on your living situation, and so on and so forth. So I, interpreting from what you were saying, I'm assuming this summit is also talking about the importance of that and how literally looking directly within your community and not just at the federal right. level to make the changes that are necessary for you, whether it's your mayor, whether it's your senators, et cetera, to affect the change that you need that's positive for yourself, your family, and your community. Well, essentially, like, yeah, that's, I mean, Killer Mike was saying that, you know, you want to start at the people closest to you. Um, you know, it's, it's not realistic that, you know, somebody who's going to govern a country is going to, you know, be able to affect change in one particular area, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it was like, you know, it starts at the municipality levels, uh, and, you know, making sure that you choose the right representative for you and for what's good for the community as a whole. Um, but it was interesting because we had this conversation of this conversation came the idea as to why do we always have athletes or artists, entertainers mm. be part of these discussion rather than having people who are more political incline, inclination to actually whether curate or contribute to the conversation. So, you know, Jason had some, a, a particular point of view. I'll let him share it. Well, I was of the mindset that these people, I did say they were not credible in bringing that information to the masses. What I'm saying is credible is a strong word. I could say they're not the people that should be giving that information i'm the type of person that if um like an entertainer like killer mike people are going to know killer mike mainly for rap um not uh, anything we all know right today especially he's an activist he talks a lot about pol politics and he's very involved in the community in that way but for the large part of his career we know killer mike the rapper he's mm. still called killer mike <laughs> that's what it is mm. so um my my issue was that i have well, two issues killer mike shouldn't be the person bringing this information to the forefront and this was on revolt tv and revolt tv anyone knows that it's a it's a diddy's, diddy's network. network it's diddy's network and my thing is that it's that the person who should be saying these things should be diddy if not diddy Diddy, with his contacts in the business world and the world that he's in, should be bringing in the people with the actual knowledge who's there in that realm to bring this information. I'm not saying that Killer Mike is not credible. What I'm saying is Killer Mike is probably, when, when you're trying to get that source of information, how seriously are you going to take Killer Mike as opposed to a Mark Lamont Hill or uh, Michael Eric Dyson. And we talked why, maybe, maybe not. They could have been there. Who knows? But I would rather get information from them than Killer Mike. 
I think it's more credible and it's more serious and it comes off like, okay, I'm doing this seriously. And the other issue that I had was with Diddy is like Diddy's a person that steals and profits. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. He profits off other people. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, if he couldn't bring other people due to like network restrictions because he was with Revolt and other people are from BT, whatever, it's like then don't do it on your network. Don't profit off of it. Do it in an open forum. Do it like in a big town hall. Do it in a in a stadium. Do it anywhere. You have the funds, the means to do all this stuff. Why aren't you doing it? But in a way, you can't ask you can't ask people to change their behavior and you're taking money from them because of the bad behavior. That's how I see it. No, I I mean is that all you want to say or Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, I had a different perspective on it. Though I do understand where you're coming from, I do believe the conversation needs to start somewhere. I think you being a 30 plus year old male, you've lived long enough and you've also been not only are you that old, but you're also educated on a level most people are not. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Right. So your perspective on what you you would deem credible or a reliable source, or an influential person is obviously different. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my problem, well, not my problem, but that's where my views on what you're saying changes because though I agree with you, we have to realize who the target audience that they were trying to attract. They're trying to attract the 18-year-old uh, urban cultured individual, most likely you know, can't afford to go to post-secondary education levels or whether they could afford, they may have limited access to information. Um, so that's where I feel like a guy like Killer Mike, a guy like T.I., uh, Tamika Mallory, these are people who are relatable to some of these people. They come from the same upbringing. Uh, a lot of times, um, uh, a lot of times these guys are people they could reach out to in the community. Maybe not so much so TI, but I think every person aspires, especially within the black community, you know, we aspire to be athletes of some sort or entertainers of some sort. Very few, like if you had, if growing up, and I'm sure we all, you know, I want to be a doctor, I want to be this, but at some point and where we put, invest most of our energy is in those forms of whether sports or entertainment. Very few people really set out to be like, I want to be a lawyer, and they they buckle down and they follow, you know, a black lawyer or they reach out or stuff like that. So it's about relatability and having the conversation in a forum that is welcoming. Because a, a lot of these guys are not going to, if it was a formal thing, how many people would have tuned in? People don't even tune in to, 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 to just regular debates they have on CNN. Yeah, no, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like kind of like a catch-22 where, you know, for us as the older audience, we do want to see more of those, you know, fully established multimillionaires, billionaires giving these conversations and necessarily steering that conversation forward because we know they fully understand the ins and outs of how to get from point A to point B. And it is, as you said as well, Jamal, where it's like if the target audience is a bit younger, you want to get representatives that can relay that message to them in a way that they understand it and they find it relatable. So I think the best way to come across that is to actually have that healthy balance of having both. Right. The one place where I could see Jason having his his qualms with it is the fact that you really just had a majority panel of entertainers. Right. You know, it's like you can really just pinpoint where you heard this person and what their importance was to your life in that moment outside of what they're really talking about. And from there, it's very easy to pick a side of if you feel they're credible or not. Whereas if you had Killer Mike, T.I., Candace Owen, like you, you can still have that mix of people, but you also mix them in with other Democrats and Republicans who are business owners, business-minded, whether they're black or you mix the races doesn't right. really matter but obviously right. it was more of a black summit so right. you get black republicans you get black democrats get black independents right to come in with these entertainers and have that conversation i can see where jason's point would have hit home a bit harder because now 
you have those people that can bring in the young people, but then right. you also have those people that will resonate with people our age, right. who will see it and be like, all right, you're seeing someone like Carolyn Mike, who we know has a long history of investing black, building black, and putting Banking back into black. black. Yeah. And then you have these business mind millionaires, billionaires who are Republican, Democrat, right. who are showing different type of investments you can do that are black that will help in your community, whether you're doing it from the party side of the left or the right or in between, doesn't matter, but you get these shining examples and you have them be a part of that conversation as well. So, I mean, you both have valid points in the way you view it. It's just bringing those two together and understanding how you can get to a bigger mass audience and resonate with them without having that stigma of, oh, these are just entertainers once again telling us what to do, you know? Right. And I mean, I think the perspective would also, I think more so than who they are, I think in any case, even yourself, myself, Jason, anybody who you take advice from, there has to be a sense of relatability. Yeah. The fact that, you know, most of these kids are looking at it like, Killer Mike grew up in a community similar to me, or T.I. have the similar... Uh, upbringing or was exposed to the same thing like it's it's something that is going to resonate with people um you know in this in a lot of communities you have great aspirations and you actually work towards your aspiration and accomplish it they call you a sellout they call you all sorts of name that may not be encouraging right they don't glorify don't glorify the bookworm right we glorify the person who was out doing what any normal, quote-unquote, normal teenager or kid was doing. Well, Secondly, I look at this this whole thing as a food system, right? You don't give baby hard food. You got to give them food that is digestible within their system. And eventually, you introduce them to other things. Hmm. And I think that's what we need to look at, is that some of these guys have no political knowledge. They don't understand the political jargon, the, you know, their vernacular may not be as advanced as, let's say, a Mark Lamont Hill, Michael Eric Dyson. They may not. They may get confused and they be like, "Yo, I'm not one of these school type of person. Uh, you know, these are. This is not a spectrum for me." But when you bring people that they could relate to, they're more inclined to listen and absorb the information. Mm -hmm. And eventually, it caused them to to be so engaging that they will eventually be able to receive, you know, information from a Mark Lamont Hill, Angela Angela Rye type of character so that's why i'm saying personally i agree with you where i'm at personally in life obviously killer mike is saying a lot of things that i've already heard or and he still put me up on game like oh shit i didn't know this but obviously i'm able to digest information from a plethora of people but for a lot of people who are new to the the electoral or political sphere they're probably most likely not they're going to be de it's a deterrent when you don't understand the jargon and concept and so forth. And it's not given to you in a language that you could receive. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from? Or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Uh, well, this is this is my thing. When you, when you said that um, in terms of like when you see a person, when they get educated or they're a bookworm, that they're called a sellout or anything like that, I don't think that's necessarily true. 
I think what's true is that the people who do get educated and the ones that that do, you know, get a good education, go to good school, learn everything, but then forget where they come from. So they'll get that education and leave, regardless of if it's a bad situation you come up in or a good situation, whatever. They'll get that education and they'll leave and they'll disassociate, they'll disassociate themselves from you. And that's where I think when people call them a cell and everything like that, that I comprehend because I've never seen, I, never, I don't really recall, this, and mind you, this is in Canada and where we are. I haven't really seen people like us go to school and say, oh, you're a cell, you learn books and you, or you learn, you learn, to, you learn to become a doctor, you're a sellout. Like, we do, we, here we don't see that. <laughs> here we don't bro, see that. But Bro, there's people who at my age, when I was 18, 17, 18, even up to 21, if you were a weirdo if you weren't partying. You know that back in our college days. If someone wasn't, real, if someone wasn't as outgoing, they weren't necessarily part of the in crowd, right? And even True. at our age right now, there's a lot of people that we went to school with in high school that essentially you pull yourself away from for whatever yeah. you know virtue right you 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 tend to give yourself that distance not to say that they're bad influence or they're they're not worthy but in life you end up following path with people who are going the same yeah. path as no, you no but what i'm saying not, i'm not saying like completely like i'm not saying to the point where you know you slowly move away from them i'm saying completely cut them off walk them across walk them in the middle of the street and Walk past them and not know who they are when you fully know who they are. Jason, that's, I'm sure there's I mean. people right now that I refuse to name, just out of respect, that we went to high school with, that you would pass in the street, and if they didn't recognize you, and even if you recognized them, you would not stop to inquire as to their, how they're doing. But I wouldn't go to everyone and ask them how they're doing. I would know who they are. I but, would know th- who but that's essentially that's what, what you're saying, <laughs> no, right? No, but what I'm saying is I'm not going to go out of my way not to know. Who, like, if you come to me... Like, say if, say if we, we haven't seen stars since high school, and you came to me and I'm like, oh, I don't know who you are. I don't want to hang with you. Or I don't want to be... I'm not... I'm not Jason, there's people from that. high school that you know that lives in the same community we live in mm-hmm. that you don't choose to hang out with. Even if they wanted You're to right. hang out with you. I don't you. choose to hang out with them. But if they talk to me or I go talk to them, if I see them here and there, I'm not going to... I'm not going to like, oh, that person there, uh, I'm going to go this way. But you have... What I'm saying is that you have a certain perspective on these individuals. Mm. You would probably see them a certain, a certain light. Like, yo, these guys are, ain't about what I'm about. So why am I even wasting my conversation with these guys? Yeah, a lot And of we've people, had conversations yeah. about this. Yeah, we have. So some, the but, idea to think that what I'm saying is when you're a certain age, especially in America, the way their school system is set up, you don't leave high school until you're like 18. Yeah. And then you're able to vote at that point as well. So you think of a 24-year-old male or female who grew up in a certain environment, was able to step out of their community and go, you know, out of state for college, university, might have acquired some sort of academic success. Mm-hmm. They're not talking to their, you know, eighth-grade buddy whose mom was impoverished who couldn't afford to give him that opportunity. Um, they, they may only see him on Thanksgiving when they go back to the hood if their family still live there. I, but I'm, that's... A- that's essentially the point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to say you're not slowly. You, anyone in life you grow distant to, regardless of whatever situation you're in or anything like that. It's, right. a, it's a natural thing. Right. I'm talking about the point where there are some people who would go this way and then pretend that you never existed. That's what I'm I talking about. I think we've about. all, like, we've all, I, I don't think, I'm not singular, I'm not singling you out, but I think we've all have individuals in our life yeah, it's, that it's we literally occurrence. just say, yo, this person, whether, it, you know, choice of word, whether this person's dead to me or you would see them. I And I know this. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. There's people I cross that I we went to college with. And if they don't say something to me, I don't say nothing to them. And that happened on numerous occasions. And it, I don't think I look much different. I don't, they don't look different because I clearly knew who they were. <laughs> so the idea to think that we don't have a, a way of selecting who we choose to you know, stay in contact with or build rapport or even if it's on an amicable level, it exists. We, have, we're, we select who we want to be around. The people that you don't see in that you've, you don't pass or talk to, do you think that they will call you a sellout? If I was to be successful and and move on, pro- potentially yes. 
move on in what case? Not talk to them at all? Not associate with them at all? Okay, so there's like a- if, if that person came to you and talked to you and said, hey, Jamali, how are you doing? I see your recent success. Would you A, acknowledge them or B, just like um, get this person away from me? I don't know you. Yeah, I was about to say like the conversations you're having as far as like selling out and then like just the separation of old friendships and connections, it's a bit different because selling out is essentially turning your back you have your group you have your circle that exactly you once you get to a level above them you completely disregard them and and disassociate yourself but that is a form of it whereas the the way you guys were speaking as far as you know you basically lose connection with somebody no that's not what i'm talking about No, I'm, i'm just saying like just for the people at home because this conversation was kind of veering away from what a sellout is okay because you guys were talking about like people you may have known in the past who right. you you know if you cross them or you cross paths in the street with them acknowledgement of them which wasn't really a part of like the original but, that, but that's exactly but that's that, but that but that is a sellout move the point is not, no, a, it's not a sellout move. Well, let me expi- I can tell you okay no, so what let I'm me expand is, on what i was if you're like if, a sellout move is essentially you just getting a step above or you get into a place where you think you're better than, whereas a situation where you lose contact, you lose connection not, with someone, that, and you cross paths and don't acknowledge and each I, other, I, that's, what that's I not clarify. necessarily selling out. That's just... And that's what I want to clarify. You lose connection with someone. And that's what I want to clarify. Yeah. What I'm saying is there's people in all of our lives that we feel that we've outgrown yeah, and that we, we no longer want... We, we choose to disassociate. Or choose not to have any connection with. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about some yeah. lost connection. I'm talking about a willful choice to remove yourself from that circle. Yeah. That is what exactly you you think you're better than somebody. So you no, no, no. and and that's what I want to clarify because if I disassociate myself with someone, I don't necessarily think I'm better than them. I just think you do our in some life, capacity. No, no, no. I just feel like our lives are going two different directions. That doesn't make me feel like I'm better so, than. So anyone. you're thinking two people whose life is going in two different directions cannot retain a, some sort of a, a friendship. If we lose or, connection, we lose connection. But I wouldn't see that as me feeling like I'm better than you in any way, shape, or form. Well, the fact that you. What I'm tra- what I'm saying is the fact that you're able to say, okay, they're they're really, how to put it, they're going left, I'm going right, therefore I could not, you're not going where I want to go because you think you're obviously your choices are right choices for you, yeah. They're therefore no longer on that path is a form of being selective, and saying, well, no, I exactly I'm being selective, but I'm not saying I'm better than. That person, in no way, shape, or form, am I saying I'm better than that person? Let's say, you know, somebody like I decide I'm going career, like I'm fully going career path. Like right. I see, like the next steps I'm going to take are leading right. me this way. Whereas right. somebody decides, you know, they're going family and they want to build a family, they want to have children, they want to get married. All right, I'm going career, you're going family. I'm not looking at this person going family and thinking I'm better than because I chose career. No, that you're using the word better than, and that's not exactly. That's not also a sellout. A sellout is also a person who feel like they're at a point where this person or association with these type of environment, whatever, is going to hinder their progression. That's what a sellout is, essentially. It's not necessarily looking back and be like, oh, I'm better than, you know, homeboy in the corner. It's just saying that if I was to associate myself with these people, people who have known my whole life or a community that I've been known my whole life is going to hinder my forward progression and where I'm trying to get to. That's what I'm. That's what I look at as a sellout. That makes sense. I understand. Yeah, now I, I get understand what you're what saying. You mean. I'm just saying, like for so there's people. Me, it wouldn't never be that. But way. but I'm saying there is like let's say you're choosing career, right? Or yeah. you choose a, a rightful path, and you might have one of your best boys that you grew up with that decide to sell dope, and you still live in the same community, and you probably cross him a few times. But you would, ha- you would choose not to acknowledge because you don't want to be associated with what he's doing because yeah. you assume what he's doing is not good in- is not on your level of living, which is the same form of saying, hey, I'm, I'm not better than you, but I'm better than the lifestyle that you're leading, and I don't want to be affiliated with it. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't, that's the thing. I, I still I wouldn't, wouldn't even use the words, I'm better than the lifestyle. It, it's like, if he's selling dope and I decide to go away from it, it's because I feel like 
what he's doing isn't good for my life. But that's the whole point. I'm not using but better I wouldn't than. Look at him and be like, I'm better than you okay, because I'm doing. This. I'm not better than is not a. a, 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 a I don't want it to be like a a, a a sort of a blanket statement to say that yeah. of a, a, a level, right? Because I'm just saying in terms. I think of, the the thing is, especially when you're talking about going different paths, it's like. The choices we make, it brings us different directions. It doesn't mean that now I'm, I'm looking at you as if it's levels. You know, like sometimes people make choices because that's what they needed to do in their life out of whether it's desperation or it's just the options that were put in front of them. He does That person who's selling dope probably didn't have the same options that I did. Right. I'm not looking at them like I'm better than them or I'm in a better position than them because my options led me to career without doing anything illegal my well you know I, what i mean my, but that's a perspective and i could respect that but what essentially what i'm saying is and i i'm not gonna lie i look at it in that perspective that if i'm trying to be someone who's let's say professional there is a mindset that you do a sort of not elitist mindset but there is a mindset that you feel like this person is really not on your wavelength, put it that way. Yeah. So therefore, you have to create a separation. Yeah. So wavelength. And you know, there's nothing wrong with creating separations depending on where you are positioned in your life. But there is a problem because if you, if, based on the example you give, right? If you said you're you were able to go professional based on the opportunity that was afforded to you, based on whether family, circumstantial, but person B was not afforded those things, that's a problem. That you essentially, as opposed to us reaching back and saying, you know what, this person probably was exposed to this because that's what, I don't know, maybe family, extended yeah. members of their family exposed them to. And this is what they feel like that's what they're going to amount to. Maybe I should reach back and grab them and say, listen, no, man, like, let me show you something else. That's what the problem is in our community. Like, we do have this mindset. And it's not like, and people hate when you use better than or an elitist mindset. But the concept of not reaching back and saying, oh, this person's a drug dealer and I'm trying to go professional, we, we, I don't have a problem with him. I don't think I'm better than him, but my life has afforded me these opportunities mm. and I don't want associating with this person to hinder me yeah. having those opportunities. That's, what I, that's essentially a better than mindset. I'm, no. a, well, like I told you before, I'm the mindset that um, it's... It's not necessary because I can acknowledge people who I've parted ways with or anything like that. People I don't talk to, people I don't hang out with as I used to as much. It's not necessarily to say that, oh, I'm a sellout because I don't want to do what they're doing. I'll be like, no, just they're doing something different. I want to do something different. Yeah. But I'm not going to be to the point where if they say hi to me in the streets, I'm going to be like, no, um, I don't know who this person is. And people say, oh, we grew up together. Like, okay, that was back then. I, I don't want to talk to you. No, I'm not. That's that's what I mean. There's people who necessarily, what I, and what I mean for me, my personal definition of what a sellout is, is that people who necessarily, who make the effort to not associate with you, to like not remember where you come from. It's like as much as, as much as either you want to forget the past or whatnot, it happened. It's there. It's yeah. whatever the case is. And whoever shaped you in getting that, regardless from it could be from when you were kids, when you used to hang out in the park, school, whatever. They're 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 still there. I would never like if just someone before I went to school or college, and they said, "Hey, Jason, how are you doing?" And they're like a bum. I'm not gonna be like, mm, no. I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, and the, I'm going to talk to you. Yeah, like if I know who asshole. you are, okay, but what you're gonna acknowledge what, what, your presence. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah, you're in a group of your professional peers. Correct. This person is on the street begging for money. Yeah. You're going for lunch. Yeah. Would you bring them into the restaurant and buy them a meal? Yeah, because I'm a human being. Yeah, if I know them, I'm a human yeah. being. I'm not gonna. If my friend, if I see someone that I know that's struggling. I am going to help them before anything my work has to do because okay. I have the job. I have the it's okay. me to no, lose. I, it. I respect that. And now, if I'm and, and say, listen, let me say this. Okay. If I'm at lunch and my coworkers are gonna judge me for what I do on lunch as my professional work, they have the problem and I don't. That's, right. That's and I what agree. it is. And I'm glad you could see that perspective. But there's a lot of people who don't do that. Then they're the ones who are the, the fucked problem. up ones. They're the fucked up people. That's and if that's, I see somebody that's the that fucked I know. Up people. And 
I'm in a position where I can be of help to them, even if it's the smallest gesture of just like buying them a bite to eat. I mean, you should do that. You'll be surprised of how much people wouldn't do that. Uh, no, and I'm not saying that people wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying like if you're in that position where you could do it, you should do it. You know, especially if it's somebody you know. And and this is like kind of going back to the whole conversation where we're saying with the whole um, the whole Diddy thing, and and my thing is that there are people. Well, I could say I wouldn't say Stephen A. Smith. Because Stephen A. Smith is very on the fence on a lot of things. He's never, he's never really like you know steady on one thing. But there are some people who would just be like, you know what? I forget my childhood. Forget who raised me. Forget all that stuff. Um, I could. I, Chris Carter is one of them. I think Chris Carter is a sellout. This dude went on TV and said his mom was wrong. You know what? If he, I'm grew, sorry, but you, you know what? Even TV, with that, you go on TV and say no, that your mom but, is wrong. But even that's when a that happened, I know he got a lot of flag for that. But that's at the a same time, I look at it as we don't know what was going on in that home for him to feel that way. No, but that's the thing. We knew what was going on. This dude was a drug, was a drug addict and shit and that. And his mom worked so much job for him to have a Hall of Fame career. And this dude goes on TV to his say mom his mom didn't work for him to have a Hall of Fame career. Look, let's, the, let's cut that out. And like I said, we, we know based on what we're told, but even everything we've been told, we don't know full story. Yeah. I'm saying so this. for him to look at his past and say, yeah, there were things she did incredibly right and there were also things she did incredibly Incredibly wrong. That's his right to say based on the way he feels and his experiences. His upbringing. Yeah, and like I can't tell him what he experienced in his childhood growing up and that led him to where he is today. He can't criticize. Even in my life, there's things I can look back on and be like, you know what? This was great, and this, this shit was done wrong. Wrong. Like it's it's. You're very saying simple. that everything done in your life is done was done right. No, what I'm saying is it's there not his it's not for his business to go say on TV that your mom was wrong. But it's his life. Life. He's allowed to speak truly. It's fully and his honest place to speak, speak on his life and his experiences and say if he felt his experience were correct or or not. Like I'm that's literally saying, his position. I'm just saying I wouldn't go on TV and say my mom was wrong. I would say, yes, there are questionable things, but look at where I am today as compared to where I could have been. Yeah, but it's, and but, you know what? You would be fully in the right to make that statement publicly. But I also think that that's so. a messed up statement because I also think that that's where wrongness is being you you're being you're covering up things that could potentially help someone else ahead of you. Like right now him saying that could have helped five families oh, but, mending their differences and say, you know what? You know what? If he could say his mom did him wrong, but he did look out for his mother, my mom did me wrong, I should have a relationship with my mother. It, it could have helped a oh, lot no, of people. I'm, what I'm saying is I don't mind him talking about his experience growing up or anything like that, but you don't have to put it in a negative connotation. If I, I How else re- are you supposed to put it? Well, I don't, I don't remember... I re- I can't remember the conversation. I think it was when um, Adrian Peterson hit his kid yeah, or something like it was that. About that. I think it was it was it was in regards to that. I'm like, all right, I can understand you bringing like your your perspective and everything like that. But I've heard this dude talk more negatively about his mom than positively. Bro, let's not lie. And if he had a bad experience growing He's up with his to, mom, bro, let's not. Why lie. would he speak good about it? Let's <laughs> not lie. As emig- I can speak on immigrants. As immigrant children, a lot of us got you know, dealt with out of the frustration our parents or parents were going through in that moment. Not because they wanted to discipline us correctly. A lot of times they're dealing with so much other shit and we might have just done something that was the straw that broke the camel's back and they exploded on us or they did something, harsher punishment because they're going through situational stuff. Mm-hmm. So to say that they, they were perfect parents or whatnot, it's, he's completely right in saying that. He's completely right in saying, I think he, you have a duty to be true to yourself beyond anything else. And I think it will be hypocritical for him to sit there and pretend that his childhood was so much more than what it was. And maybe even he was said he had a bad childhood. Maybe his bad childhood drove him to be as great as he is. Maybe if he had a better childhood, he would have been lackadaisical towards football and yeah. probably just been a guy who worked at Home Depot. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to acknowledge and understand that parenting in itself, there is no 100% accurate way to do it. Every parent goes into it knowing that at a certain point, you're going to do things that are perfect and they're going to do things that are the mistakes that you learn going forward. So, 
for him to be able to have that conversation about his parent and say, look, and I remember that conversation specifically where he said there were things she did amazing. Then there were things where she was absolutely wrong. That's parenting. Like there's no way for any parent to avoid doing things right and not making mistakes. It's just impossible because as you're going along for most parents in it all, even if they have like their parents there to help them or they have any other guardians that can be influential towards how they go forward with their children, there's going to be moments where you think you're doing the right thing and in the end it it's detrimental to your child. It's just unavoidable. Right. And I'm sure from generation to generation, I'm sure the way my mom was with me was probably different than how her mother was with her. Of and, course. you know, different than how my gra- my great-grandmother with my grandmother. And it's going to be probably different the way that I treat my children versus how my, mo- my mom treated but me. Listen, this is, this is my, my issue where I think I can't say that why I have an issue when he's saying um, this is wrong. And especially uh, the, the bringing the whole immigrant stuff, like our parents come from the Caribbean. Right. I'm never going to tell you that my mom was wrong. I'm going to say my mom grew up in a different circumstances and she understands the circumstances which she grew up with and she's dealing with it here. We're not, we're not Caribbean. We're not kids from the Caribbean. I think that's problematic, actually. No, we're not kids from the Caribbean. We're kids that's in North America. Most of our experience are in North America. So what our parents know is not what we're growing up with. They grew up with what they knew from generations because their grandparents has been there, great-grandparents. We're, we're the first generations that are new the here. And we're in North America. It's completely different. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. And this, is, this goes into the conversation that a lot of people have. People so say, you're saying the fact that they grew up in the Caribbean automatically takes away their wrongdoings because it's normal in the Caribbean culture? It doesn't take away any wrongdoings, but it, it's what they know. It's just like doctors. It's just like doctors back in the in the 1900s, 1800s. It's not that they were stupid or the wrong they were doing. No, they were ignorant to the stuff because it's what they had. So let me ask you a question. A couple of years ago here in Montreal, yeah. we had that Islamic family where the dad and the brother drowned the girls because they were living more of a North American life. In their culture, that shit is normal. You're going to say... That is well, I don't think it's normal to drown people. Bro, it's normal to kill your daughters when they You're disobey right. you. Technically, fuck. they should have stoned her based on... Yeah, they, they, so you can't, you can't use these statements to accommodate because you want to sound a certain way. That's completely but, false. Like, you can't do that because if that's the case, we'll have to excuse everybody's doing. Because everybody will be like, listen, hey, back home, that's how we handle it. She dated a guy that's not of her culture. We stoned him. Oh, what do you... You know, you can't say that. You can't say your mom had a different experience. At the end of the day, our parents chose to come here and have children. There's a certain culture that they have to adapt to. It's just the way life works. You get what I'm saying? All right. I just think I don't even know how we got here. I neither do. I'm trying to think. I'm like, wait. <laughs> no, <laughs> this guy's like goes, Chris Carter. <laughs> no, it goes. No, it's not just Chris Carter. It's the whole. Car, it's, oh, because it he said Chris Carter. Chris Carter so yeah. It, no, because it goes into that. What I'm saying is it's that it's not just like in regards to Chris Carter, he his route of what he did. And this is the whole thing with the Hall of Fame thing. This is why I said he was a sell. It's like you don't go on TV and and say these kind of things. But look at where you are right now and look at the struggle you had to get there. Because I don't I never heard Chris Carter personally talk about his struggles. Everyone else around him talk about his struggles and he always stays away from it. But because maybe it's a, a plain, painful place for him to bring himself to. Yeah, hey, I've heard Chris Carter talk shit about a lot of people, but um, you don't want to listen about yourself. That's a problem. It's well, a lot of us are like that. That's a problem. That that's human nature, bro. And it's, it's like a lot easier to look at other people's struggles than to look at your own. your own. Yeah, and to be true about your own struggles. Hey, all I'm saying is the the case in point is what I'm saying is. The idea that, you know, people in our community, the black community, we do get rich and switch, bro. We do. And so it's good to see people like Diddy, Killer Mike, st- reach back to these people who might, be fe- might feel forgotten, you know, ignored, to reach back and try to have a dialogue with them on the level that they could comprehend and participate. Mm. I think that's necessary. And that is the starting point of any... Oh, no, you're right. 
well, I'm saying good you're right where you're saying. Everything is like it's a good start for for what he they're doing. I'm never gonna say that what they're doing is wrong because it it's a start. But like I said, you need the people who are in those. Get get like someone who's like a a, a black political teacher, a black like like I said, Mark. Oh, I, I agree with That's you on that. But, but, but at that? the same time, don't lose the message for the messenger. You know, like the message itself is still quite clear, quite understandable, and. If that's the jumping point to get you to those leaders, then there's nothing wrong with that in itself as well. Sometimes you just need that initial conversation, as Jamali said before, to get it into the minds of people, to get them to do a bit more research, to get them to the right path. So then now that you know that you have their attention, you can lead them to where their attention can turn to action. I mean, when you look at like Mark Lamont Hill, you, Angela Rye, um, Candace Owen, uh, what's the other one there? The one who was a waitress. You know what I'm talking Anastasia about. Anastasia. Or, 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 or Cortez. Yeah. Oh, all these, name is, um, all AOC. these other. Yeah. What do you call her? There's AOC. A, AOC. Anastasia Ortiz, uh, Cortez. You know, there's a lot of people that could be on this panel. It would have been beautiful if he could have gotten some Republican, like the black. Uh, uh, is he running Republican? The one from uh, Jersey. I don't know. No, he's, he's running Democrat. Democrat. Um, I'm sure if you could have like a plethora of those guys on that panel and have a, a panel like Killer Mike ask them questions as to how they plan on improving the the experience of being black in America, mm. that would have been, I think, would be ideal. Is it something that cannot be done? Of course. But I'm sure you have to build. You can't just start out at the top when you're building a house. No, for sure. You got to start at the foundation. For sure. And most black people who experience these type of problems are the people who are disenfranchised. They're the ones who, like I was looking at a statistic the other day, I think like 23% of black, uh, some black children are illiterate. You know how crazy that is in 2019? We're talking a bunch of, bunch of shit and there's people our age who can't read and write. They can't recognize their own name if you put it in front of them. Like these are the important things. It's not about Diddy and what but he... It's not about Diddy robbing people because, shit, we get robbed every day and we just roll over and take it. Well, what I'm saying is like... Damn Texas. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> what, I'm saying, what I'm saying for Diddy is like... Let's put some final thoughts on yeah, this. Final thoughts, yeah, final thoughts of this is that I understand, go. I understand <laughs> what they're doing and then I applaud what they're doing. I just think the platform and the person doing it, I'm think whatever you want. I don't trust Diddy regardless. The platform, especially Revolt, like that's a... Yeah, you want to televise it on your own platform, but then right after the summit, I don't want to see a mumble rapper. I don't want to see. I don't want to see ignorance spouted. But that's hypocritical for you to say because if that's the case, then you should not want to listen to Mark Lamont Hill because he's on BT, and as soon as his program's done, they're putting on a rap. That's program. a problem too. So, that's but you're saying too. you would rather have him if he if he's having a discussion on BT and then. And he's doing ratchet stuff. He'd be hosting uh, basketball wives. And oh, I have no idea about All that. of these things. But that's my <laughs> I don't point. I think it's a problem. No but I don't see a problem with it either. But if this is a problem you have with Diddy's network, this is also things that would be arguable with these other people. You, you do see Angela Rye on The Breakfast Club, on Brilliant Idiots, having conversations that are not political. Uh, she and uh, Charlemagne actually has uh, that's What is that? that I know show they have called? a podcast together. They have a podcast together. They're probably discussing things that are not political. So you can't take somebody's one aspect of somebody's life no, they, and then they do a lot it. of politics on that. They, of course, that's that's a spectrum yeah. in which you specialize. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm sure they have conversation or they're involved in things that are not necessarily politically charged. Like, you know, they were at Essence and, you know, she's there with Black, uh, Black Girl Rock, which is a very positive movement. So they're, like, what I'm saying is you, you can't just say, okay, Diddy's one way and that's it. Like, there's people who do things that, hey. Look, not even the big white networks are one way. You can go and watch the news at six, and then right after the news, you're going to get two and a half men. Like, <laughs> that's kind of the Big Bang but Theory. I, but that's the reality of it. I mean, it's just to judge based on the program not being what you feel is fit for this one conversation and what comes after it. It's understanding that it's, it's across the board. But I just look at it as... I see both your arguments. Yes, there should have been a bit more people in that either political power or business power that should have been at the summit as well. But at the same time, 
having those voices that were there that we knew could connect to the the general populace that they were looking for, like that demographic of, let's say, the 15 to 35, 45 even, it's a stepping stone. Right. And sometimes you just need that first step. Sometimes you need that first conversation. Of course. And then once you see the success of that and how many people went to it, now you can probably get more prominent voices in those spaces, but you got to start somewhere. Somewhere, exactly. you got to, like, when you send those feelers out, whoever reaches out first and comes through and you can get that panel going, have the conversation, don't sit on it, you know? Like, that's just how it is. So I don't think this is a one-off. I think this is going to be something that, especially with what Revolt has been doing in the last couple of years as far as getting these type of minds together, I mean... To have someone like Candace Owens sit down beside someone like Killer Mike and T.I. who you know right off the bat they're going to have opposing theories and bump heads, but they have a conversation of even if there's moments of it spiking up or down, the the messages that each of them are saying are being received and being understood by this population of people who, as he said before, you're going to have people on the left, people on the right, and people in the middle but have those conversations so that you can get to this space where it's not just about supporting the things we've done in the status quo, but getting to a place where we have one common goal that can lead us to the right direction. So, Oh, most definitely. I just, I think it's a good thing. Let's see what happens with it going forward as I tend to like to do with things like this. And from the bit I saw, it seemed like it was going well. Anything else, guys? No, man. Oh, no. All right, so everybody in the live stream, thank you guys for tuning in and chiming in when when you did. Uh, As for us, you know where you can reach us if you're on the Facebook platform. Click away from there. If not, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. Don't be mad pod. And uh, you can also message Molly because he's always on his phone. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace. We out. Love is love.